are live. We're live and in person. Yeah. I mean. Close to you. Yeah. I touched you. Yeah. Yeah. It was appropriate. (laughs) It was was all appropriate. It was all on the up and up. And consensual. (laughs) It was also on my upper arm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, this is the first time. Ten episodes in now. And we are at my house in my closet slash recording studio slash sauna <laughs> it, it is a little bit of a sauna in here <laughs> and that's with the ac going it's new so that's exciting to be fair i'm in flannel pj pants that's true i can still give you shorts <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, we'll do that later it, it's, it's not weird for me <laughs> Especially if it means you don't pass out up here. (laughs) So I think that's the really big thing to mention off the top is that we're actually here together in person. Um, Nikki did choose some wintry pajamas. Um, That's all I had. But we are in PJs for a very specific reason. And that's because today's episode is called the slumber party. Slumber parties. Yay. Yeah. So stick around at the end, guys, because we're going to do an extra sugar on slumber parties and talk a little bit about um, that cherished childhood and for some of us adult memory um, (laughs) that we're still having today. Nikki loves slumber parties. (laughs) (laughs) Or does she? You won't know unless you tune in for extra sugar. Uh, I think other than that, Are you comfortable to go ahead and jump on into the episode? Yes, I am. So as Selena mentioned, it's called The Slumber Party. When Suzanne has a voodoo death curse placed on her by her maid, she convinces Julia, Charlene, and Mary Jo to spend the night with her so she won't die alone. This one aired on (laughs) 12-18-1986. Look at you. You're such a fast learner. I You put that in there. Oh, Right. (laughs) Let's, maybe I Thanks, did Selena. That. Maybe I did that a couple of days ago and forgot. So. Thank you. Oh, right. I did it. Uh, Christmas party. Christmas slumber party. Oh, that's this, nice. It makes sense that you're in. That's what I was going for. Oh, I was hoping good. you would notice the tie together. Yes, yes, yes. So it would have been almost Christmas uh, 1986, and but it is actually June in Georgia. And so I am definitely in shorts because I tried to put on something that was long sleeved and I thought I was going to pass out. It's quite warm. Uh, so LBT was the writer on this one. Uh, she was. Also, technically speaking, I did not think that the description's correct. That is not... She doesn't oh, right. convince them right. to... We'll get into it. Right, we'll right, right. Into Good it. call. Good call. So... Yeah, that has nothing to do... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank well, you for pointing do, that out. They do wind up having a slumber party. Right. But for all different reasons, so... Right, too. Uh, well, let's jump into this thing. Okay. Well, the first part was right. Suzanne has a voodoo death curse on her. She does. Uh, we haven't heard about Consuela in some time. It's been a minute. So... She's one of those characters like Ed... Not Ed, um... Uh, what's Mary Jo's husband's name? Ted. Ted. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't, Ted I didn't think about Charlene's boyfriend for a day and his name rhyming with Ted. So they didn't have to they didn't have to cast far for that one. No. Um, so it, the um, episode opens with Julia irritated with a customer and clearly having a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sick. She's not feeling well. And then they've got this annoying customer. Right. And we recorded an episode a few weeks ago when I had a cold. So I fully identify with Julia's attitude in this one. Now, did you 
when we got off the computer, did you say that you were going to stop my face in? No. That was, no. That was violent. I said I was going to punch your face in. I didn't uh, say stomp. Okay. Okay. So Julia's extra salty. So her cold must have been worse. Is basically. She's really grouchy. Yeah. She says the only solution to her cold is amputating her nose. I don't know that I got that far with mine. I did take all the medicines. So Yeah. And I think what we find out through this episode is they don't show us, but it seems like Julia's taking some sleepy time medicine. But we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> we'll there. Get there. Uh, we get this whole weird thing with Charlene, like... She, like, grabs the paper. She wants to show a, a picture to Julia of the Ayatollah Khamenei. Mm-hmm. Um, and she thinks he looks like Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you doing a lot of reference checking at this I time? I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Howard Hughes I got, but... I didn't know that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, not even from the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Never seen it. Oh. Ended up way down a rabbit hole. Oh. I know a lot about Howard Hughes now. Oh, he's a very fascinating person. Should we hold that for the yes, end, though? Okay. We absolutely should. Okay. So basically, um, Charlene thinks that the Ayatollah Khamenei is actually Howard Hughes because I guess they never found his body or something, mm-hmm. which that I don't think I knew. Oh. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the point of this whole conversation was. So we don't have to spend forever here. Yeah. But, but we do have this kind of thing. Suzanne comes in and um, they have this very 80s sounding conversation about women uh, being required to wear the veil in Iran. Oh, right. This is a sitcom again, guys. I just feel like that's important to point out. So They're very into the cultural references and very into the like of the moment things. Well, so they talk about stoning women for having illicit affairs. Right. And um, I had, so I, I don't, there's something about illicit affairs or illicit drugs. And like, I think it comes with such a certain thought pattern that I was like, all right, let me look up illicit Mm. in the dictionary. (laughs) And so it's just basically like forbidden by law. Mm. So there were acceptable affairs. Oh, right. If there's illicit affairs, then there's acceptable ones. Right. I assume those are by men. Probably. Okay. (laughs) Probably. Just making sure that we're on the same page here. You know, I've kind of come around. I think we were talking about a little bit in the last episode, but I think that LBT was a little bit of like a current event junkie. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, why would she be talking about this in 1986? So I just assumed maybe there was like a landmark something. Mm. And Mm -hmm. what I was able to find was that Amnesty International reported that year eight stonings um, Mm. in Iran. Okay. So uh, they also stonings still happen today. And Iran is one of 15 countries where they're, where it's either practiced or authorized by law. Good God. So I, just to say, like, a lot of times, you know, we're doing this comparison between 86 and 2021. Yeah. Um, and some things change. Some things progress. Some things get worse. <laughs> some right. things stay exactly the same. And so it just felt worth saying that, like, it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. So, but again, a sitcom. I, <laughs> We don't have to talk about stonings the whole time. Because um, we get a lot more fun stuff like voodoo. You're right. <laughs> Easy stuff. Right. No problem. right Oh. Uh, so Julia cleverly calls Suzanne the loose woman. <laughs> Again. Because that's what she does. That is going on the bingo, bingo card, card, by okay. the way. <laughs> I was say. Yeah. So, something along the But everybody does it. So we can't even really just give it to Julia because oh. they all kind of do it. That's true. Um. But, like, Suzanne is not in the mood. And that kind of gets us around to the crux of the episode. Right. So. Right. So Suzanne reveals that Consuela put a curse on her. 
Uh, she also reveals that she wants to be called Connie now. Um, she's getting all Americanized. <laughs> she wears Suzanne's clothes, listens to her records, takes baths in her tub while making long distance phone calls. <laughs> I do like to picture all of this. Like, I don't know. I know we talked about like some different things about the character of Consuela not being fair, but also I, I just kind of like to think about Suzanne having to deal with someone difficult because she's no. such a difficult personality. So do we ever get to see Consuela? Do you know? I don't think we ever do. Ah, dug on it. She's in the, um, in the same, uh, bucket as, uh, Norm's wife on Cheers or, okay. you know, so we just, they're always someone who gets mentioned, but never someone who gets seen. Okay. So she put a curse on, uh, Suzanne that she would die by midnight that night. And mm-hmm. Suzanne launches into, this whole thing about her doing voodoo and how she she's really good at it. She put a curse on the president of Haiti. And, and look at what happened to him. I know. That now they're in Switzerland with no credit cards in 1986. And we know that money is a big deal to Suzanne. Yeah, that so. sound, that's probably horrible. Um, the other thing she says right here before Mary Jo comes in that I thought was funny was she just, whatever happened, she doesn't want Consuela to get away with her hair pieces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Okay, you know how we're always talking about like, Sometimes I won't write things down because I think you will. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought that was one you that I really that get you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Did we say that she does have a voodoo doll? Like. Oh, good call. That's her. <laughs> I think I did. No, I don't know. I'm not sure either. Are we here? I'm so excited that we're in person. <laughs> I just, I'm forgetting things. Also, I'm, I'm so hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now you can see why sometimes if I ever sound crazy. When we're talking now, you it's not me that you've known for 10 years. It's the heat. So he is getting to you. So yeah, there's a voodoo doll involved. And she's she's put a curse on Suzanne with this voodoo doll. It, but it's because uh, Suzanne threatened to fire that morning. Suzanne threatened that she might potentially have to think about firing her. That's so it was a relaxed threat. It was super relaxed. It was like almost a yelling it down the hall as she's running away from her. I also just want to point out for the record that we're talking about Suzanne as um, a narrator and whether or not we think she's a trustworthy narrator. Right. So good, good point. Think about these different stories that she's told. There's one episode where the lady flicks her off after she pumps her gas for her. Right. And she's had a terrible day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just wonder what's really going on in this house. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, not say maybe it could be all of these things, but it just makes you wonder what, what we need to hear from Consuela. Meanwhile, I'm so naive and I'm like, poor Suzanne. Oh my God. What is Consuela doing to her? She's such a kind person. She may not be. We she lets her know. use her bathtub. Maybe if they let us see her, she could reveal herself. It's true. But again, we're in an 80s trope and we can't show her. So right. we're, that's just where that's just where we are. Um, but I think we, Mary Jo, mm-hmm. she's coming in. She She's coming in distraught this time. I forget how we use, she normally comes in. Mary Jo, usually, she's very frazzled usually. usually. This time I see she's like frazzled and distraught. She's worked up. She's got a difficult client. Do you, did you get his name? Is he a is he a gun manufacturer? His name's Hence Winchester. <laughs> Doesn't that sound? Is a Winchester a gun? I never can. A Winchester remember. is. I think his name's Westchester, though, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Someone tell us <laughs> something, Chester. But yes, he he sounds very much like something's going on. He's got a bachelor suite that they're trying to decorate, and he keeps adding tacky things to it. And I was sort of like, 
tacky things, bachelor suite. Are they not one in the same? Yeah. I, well, I guess the other thing is, it's like, is that like a concept still? I know like man cave kind of mm, is, but mm-hmm. even that is like, yeah, whatever. But yeah. like, do people still really have like bachelor pet? I mean, like I was a bachelor. I mean, if you want to put a sex on it, a bachelorette. But I, I mean, and we lived so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily about enticing someone into a lair. Right. You know. Right. What was it? Um, but the whole thing is, is like, I don't know. I just, I think when I think about a young guy, I think about mattress on the floor. I don't think Hunt's Westchester or whatever is a, a young guy, though. That's true. I he's an he's established a, man. I think he's a, yeah, he's a very mature bachelor. Well, and what is it that he wants added is a waterfall in his shower? In his shower, which she acted like was all that weird. I didn't think it was that weird. That sounds kind of nice to me. Uh, I kind of thought it sounded nice as well. May, ahead of its time. Yeah. Did you think the thing with Charlene talking about the shou- the uh, waterfall she put together for prom, did you think that was weird? It was just, it, uh, uh, there was no, de- um, not delivery, but there, like, what was the reward of that whole thing? Right. Like. I didn't. I think that was a few lines that happened in this show. Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't have to. We don't have to meditate on it, except to say I thought just. I was. I thought it was going to be funny. Like I thought she was going to help her out and or do something funny. And then she's like, now that I think about it, it was cellophane. And I was like, this whole part I thought was like. I guess they just needed to bring Mary Jo. She needed a reason to come in. I guess. I wish you were there. Just walk in the door. (laughs) I mean. Just walk in the. Maybe they needed a reason to stop talking about stoning. Oh yeah, they needed a, a funny. Yeah, funny adjustment. But all that gets dropped. Mm, yeah. Because Claudia calls. We, and we don't talk about hints, 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 hints. Not again. And I and I like I like going back and looking through my notes and, and rewatching the episode. I was like, OK, we're done with that. Right. Um. So Claudia, just as a reminder, is Mary Jo's daughter. Claudia. Oh, Claudia. <laughs> At some point, she's like, hey, Claudia. <laughs> it's just so, so much. Claudia. <laughs> so so okay i'm gonna claudia (laughs) sorry um you can call her claude we're on a nickname basis oh are we Mm -hmm. oh okay oh claudia claudster um she was supposed to remind mary joe about hosting some slumber party for like 14 girls this actually sounds like something i would have done to my mom Um, 14 is a big number that's a lot that's a lot and mary joe suddenly frantic i will be too well she says the house is a mess and they don't have any food right she tells Claudia, just shove it all under the bed and I'll hunt for food, which I call adulthood. I, I mean, uh, and that's okay because mm-hmm. you're the adult. You can do whatever you do want. Do what I want. Um, I, I think then basically it, we could we could go through all of the things. But essentially, she needs help. She asks all um, all the women for help and they all quickly tell her no, either with real or made up reasons. Mm-hmm. And then... All that gets undone. It all falls apart. Yeah. And everybody's coming. We're having an adult slumber party. That's why Nikki and I are here in our pajamas today. Because we're <laughs> celebrating. Our Saturday afternoon slumber party. We're celebrating old ladies <laughs> having slumber parties. So Let's normalize that. Yeah. Well, I do all the time. But we'll talk about it. Extra sugar. Extra sugar. Tune in. Um, so. And ominously. Ominously. The thunder rolls. It does. And that takes us almost out of the scene. It does almost take us out of the scene. One quick note. Mm-hmm. We do learn here that Mason is home. Yeah. He's no longer in. T- he must not be in Tokyo. I think you mean Toledo. Oh, excuse me. Toledo. 
It starts with a T and ends with an O. I didn't know there'd be a test. Um, I think that's from the last episode. Episode nine you- throwback. Yeah. In case you guys didn't tune in. Um, so I think uh, that was the only interesting tidbit from their plans falling apart is that we learned that Mason's back. And other than that, what we know is do, 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 do. Dun, dun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Punctuate it. There's going to be a slumber party. And the thing is, Will Suzanne survive? All right. So I am going to have to do a little Selena sidebar today. Okay. And it's going to be called Unraveling Voodoo Stereotypes. Oh, man. Yeah. I was going to call it Voodoo Hoodoo, but then... (laughs) Hoodoo Voodoo. uh, Something. (laughs) Something. But Hoodoo, as it turns out, is a real thing. And I feel dumb about that. I didn't know. Oh, it is? It is. It's a real thing. Oh, I think I knew this. Yeah. So, because I wanted... I thought it was more like, oh, that's just a bunch of Hoodoo. But... Mm -hmm. I, and maybe that is what people mean. Maybe they are referring to the actual practice, but mm-hmm. I thought it meant like that's a bunch of nonsense. Right. Again, I'm just going to say that for anyone who does practice hoodoo, that was ignorance on my part. I didn't know. But uh, which, but that's what we wanted. That's what a little bit of what I wanted to talk about today, because as I was watching this episode, for me, all I could think was, uh, something feels off here. Let's go look at a, a few things about voodoo. Mm-hmm. But let me just ask you, Nikki, when you think about voodoo, what comes to mind for you? Like, what images? Voodoo dolls, uh-huh. definitely. Um, and I just always think of Louisiana, like New Orleans. Mm. I think of, um, like, I, I don't know, like, dark occult sort of stuff. And um, I don't know, voodoo dolls. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to read what I wrote down the other day to hold myself accountable. Okay. Um, I tend to think about the horror genre. That's horror genre, just to be clear. Um, Darkness, death, cemeteries, ritualistic uh, makeup and dress, um, ritualistic sacrifice, voodoo dolls. Um, I think about powerful priests and powerful individuals. It does bring the deep south to mind for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, like, I do know enough to know that there's a little bit of uh, Haiti in the background Mm. so of of where some of this comes from so uh, but here's what i found and i want to be very clear um if if i have gotten anything wrong i apologize obviously we're always open to hearing about something that's amiss um i am not a religious expert Mm -hmm. and this is not exhaustive exhaustive at all uh but i ran across this live science article and so start there just to say that voodoo is a sensationalized pop culture character of Vodun, which is an Afro-Caribbean religion that originated in Haiti. Mm-hmm. So kind of different. Um, Vodun has very little to do with what most people think of um, and what this episode focuses on, which is the voodoo dolls. In fact, I ran across something that said there are no voodoo dolls. Oh, Other things good. have said it's just a very tiny part. So mm. I'm sure someone who actually follows the religion of voodoo could speak to that but Mm -hmm. that's just from my quick and dirty research it's also not to be confused with louisiana voodoo or hoodoo these are all slightly different things although there are similarities Mm -hmm. uh just to talk about a few quick key elements um of the religion and then we can move on there is a supreme being called a bondi bondi Mm. bondi and this is an unknowable and uninvolved creator god there are also spirits um, mm. in the religion and these spirits 
they sort of connect to like different aspects of life. So like there's a love spirit, there's an agriculture spirit. Uh, Followers believe in a universal energy and a soul that can leave the body during dreams. And they also believe in spirit possession. Now, I think that if you are someone like myself who was um, raised in a, well, I won't say not necessarily a Christian household, but just by many different Christian people around me. Okay. And as a Christian myself, that that is different. This idea of spirit possession is, mm-hmm. is something that's thought of to be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, uh, in Vodun, it's different. It is really a good thing in a connection to the spirit world. Okay. So I feel like that's a really big difference um, between maybe what we're used to and then, um, and then also what's portrayed in like movies and entertainment. Okay. Um, Historically, this this is where it gets really important. Um, Vodun originated with slaves who combined elements of their West African traditions and beliefs with the Roman Catholicism imposed upon them by their masters. So basically what what seems to happen based on my reading is that over time, there are different things that happen at different historical marks that build this narrative and this rhetoric that um, really villainizes Hmm. um, the religion. And it really um, paints a picture of something that's just not really accurate. Hmm. Okay. So as early as 1685, there were laws forbidding, forbidding the practice of African religions and slaves were required to be Christianized within eight days. Hmm. Let me tell you all the things I can't do within eight days. (laughs) So I'm not trying to make light of this by any stretch, but I mean, that is just, you're talking about someone taking their belief, ripping that away from them, Mm -hmm. not allowing it. You're totally forbidding it. Mm -hmm. And so it's no wonder that there was sort of this merge Mm -hmm. over time. It also sort of reminds me of um, what uh, the Roman Catholic Church did to paganism. Mm. You know, December 25th is a pagan holiday. They tied it to Christianity and made that the day that Jesus was born. And then that was to kind of, Hey, no, this is the same. Mm -hmm. This over here is the same as what you're doing over there. Mm -hmm. Look, December 25th, you recognize that date. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there seemed to be a lot of that going on. Um, Over time too, there were some more things that happened that connects like the U S and how the U S saw what was going on in different parts of the world. Uh, this is crazy. I actually ran across an AT&T editorial article. <laughs> it was like, I think they were trying to promote Halloween movies or something. Uh-oh. And then they're like, but voodoo is stereotyped in Hollywood. Here's five voodoo movies you may have not seen. Oh, <laughs> But the editorial article is actually pretty good. Oh, good. Um, we'll link to it. But what they posit there is that the fear of voodoo in the U.S. can be tracked back to the 1791 Haitian Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, here I am pointing at you again to see whether <laughs> we're in, whether we're in person <laughs> or just uh, talking to each other over the laptops. But no one got to see how you pulled it back and put it in the holster. <laughs> yeah, just put that away. Um, so at the time, it wasn't Haiti though; it was Saint Domingue, um, which was a French colony producing sugarcane by the means of slave labor. This uh, this would become the only uprising to result in a sovereign nation um, uh, free of slavery and led by former captives. 
I never learned about this in school. Did no. You? Uh-uh. Okay. And I mean, I took lots of different history stuff in college, too. I never learned about any of that. Anyways, so President Jefferson, back here in the old U.S. of A., um, he, this was an ideological threat as far mm. as he was concerned. So he refused to trade with Haiti. Cool. Uh, yeah. America's cool. <laughs> um, but it was for the fear that it might empower America's own slave population. Then from here, there are some things that happen that start to sound a lot like the Salem Witch Trials, mm. which is essentially like a lot of misunderstandings. Um, and I would just say a fear of certain people with any measurable power is dangerous. Mm. And the people who hold that power, they're going to eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And in our history of the world... As it often is, we sometimes do this under the guise of justice. So, I, you know, I think there was just a lot of unfairness. And I think things that happened probably drove people who practice the religion like further and further underground. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, there was also a book in 1889 uh, titled Haiti um, or the Black Republic. It falsely attributed human sacrifices, cannibalism and other atrocities to uh, Vodun. And I think this is like kind of. I don't know that that's the first time that happens, but it seemed to be kind of like a tipping point of some of some kind, form, or fashion. Um, just let's not stay in 1889. <laughs> let's move forward a little faster. Uh, by 1932, we get White Zombie. This um, is the first representation of voodoo in film, and I would argue that a hundred, nearly a hundred years later, and we continue to misrepresent this religion and the people who follow it. Mm. Um, I I know that even like uh, American Horror Story had like a whole voodoo plot line um, that was probably highly unfair. If I was to go back and watch that again, um, I I don't know. So just just something that sort of struck a chord with me as I was reading through. I want to tie this back to our podcast and what we're doing because in the things that we're trying to explore, because let's talk about Southerners for a minute. If a person never met someone from the South, And all they'd ever done is seen Southerners on TV and in movies. And let's say, let's use movies we've used before, like Deliverance or Coal Miner's Daughter. I'd argue that person doesn't really have the slightest idea of who Southerners really are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems to be the same case for voodoo. Uh, I've never knowingly met someone who follows or practices it. Uh, And for that reason... I picture all of those things right. that I said at the top because right. all I've ever known are the things I've seen in entertainment. But when you start to dig into it, what you wind up finding is that mm, it's not really fair and it's not really accurate. Isn't it amazing how much power entertainment holds and those people who are responsible for shows and movies and music and all of these things that infiltrate our daily lives, how much power they have and unfortunately how they misuse it or underuse it. There's right. so much good they could do. Well, and I think there's this uh, push to be more responsible. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking about the Me Too movement brings to mind, you know, no more um, casting couch and all of those things. Mm. Okay, I don't know. There's really no more casting couch. But, right. But, you know, there's all these things that we're trying to get rid of. There's all these things where you see them making moves to be more inclusive, to mm-hmm. have more representation. But then you see things like this and, uh, you know, it just shows that there are so many We call different groups marginalized, but goodness, when you start adding up all the marginalized groups, they're really way bigger than the very tiny group that runs everything. Yeah, that's true. So um, 
My second thought is um, that there's a fairly direct line between um, uh, voodoo and Southern culture. So particularly if we're talking about Louisiana voodoo or hoodoo. Um, So even though it's not my personal experience and it's not your personal experience. That you know of. That's true. That we know of. um, Another reminder is what this is, and I'm Yoda, um, that the South is a really diverse place full mm-hmm. of a really diverse group of people. Yeah. So I know that was a little long, but it just, and this, but it's a big feature of this well, it's, the whole, it's almost the whole episode. It yeah. runs through the whole episode. Yeah. And so our whole thing is stereotypes, and I thought this was one that we could try and take a closer look at. Well done, Selena. So thank, thank you. Thank you for going on this journey with me. And thank you. Thank you, listener for going on this journey with me. Um, if you have comments, tell us. Yeah, we'd love to We'd love to know. If there is someone who practices voodoo, who has anything they want to share with us, that would be cool to know. Yeah, because uh, this was like a couple of hours of my life, so I don't think that really is is going to connect to hundreds of years of practice. So it's true. All righty. Thanks, Selena. All right, so we find ourselves at Mary Jo's house the night of the slumber party has arrived. Yeah, and we're doing all the slumber party activities. I all guess. the normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. Scary movies. It, we, we didn't get to see that, but everybody seems a little rattled. Yeah. Because we've had a scary movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that the way that I sort of marked this off was by, we keep getting a lot of minute markers because mm. I think, well, I don't really, I, well, it's Suzanne. She's freaked out. She thinks she's going to die. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll kind of look at it by the timestamp. Okay. And that's kind of how we could guide the conversation, if that's okay. Sure. So the first the first time I have, because I actually wrote this time down, is 11.04. Right. So 56 minutes <laughs> until Suzanne kicks it. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you in the math. Well, I, well, I did this ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> so that helped. So when it opens up, it's Suzanne, Julia, and Charlene. Mary Jo's like somewhere probably checking on the kids. They're in her living room, Mary Jo's living room. Um, and can we talk about the different nightwear since oh sure we're in our pajamas right 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 <laughs> all right so what did, what did you notice about the different things that people are wearing or do you remember I do um I remember Mary Jo's because it's very similar to the beauty pageant episode where she was wearing this very like matronly uh, Victorian nightgown could we say it's from her little house on the prairie collection or Target today. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that. I remember um, Suzanne was in in a very, um, fa- it's fancy. I don't know. I'll just use the word fancy. It's very prissy. It was white and pushed some things. You can't see this at home, but like pushed some things up and out. But there was like a lot of coverage otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like chesty, but it was long sleeved and down to her ankles. <laughs> Correct. Right. Um, Charlene was wearing the closest to what I think I would find myself in. Yeah. Very like silky nightshirt. Most modern, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, like, because it was like this idea of like a, a boyfriend mm-hmm. kind of like button up pajama situation. Slouchy tube socks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta, gotta have cozy socks. Well, yeah. Uh, and that just makes sense. Now, Julia's in a blue robe. I couldn't, when you asked that, I couldn't remember what Julia was wearing. You know why? Because I don't think that it matches her personality. I think she was dressed like someone who wanted to be at home in their robe that they're normally in when they're sick. Right. She's also older than everyone else. Mm. So it feels like she's having a little bit of a lieutenant, what's his name, from Lethal Weapon, like, too old for this. 
you know so like so and she's like halfway asleep i think if she was in the appropriate wear she would be in satin pajamas Mm -hmm. and it would be i'm thinking like a royal blue i was thinking red Oh, she does love a red, mm-hmm. so, but it will be a powerful color. Absolutely, either way, like absolutely, a, like a royal color, mm-hmm. and it would have like her initials stitched on it. I see, yeah. Or it would be like of the time, like I'm thinking, like Ralph Lauren. Mm, okay, so that's what I'm picturing. I think we're getting Julia's sick ensemble. Okay, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have some questions yeah, here. Yeah. First of all, Julia makes a comment about the bed, the couch folding out into a bed. Mm. Why don't they fold it out into a bed? She and Suzanne kind of have a little tiff later right. over sleeping on the couch. Right. Why can't they just fold it out into a bed? Because I think they have a power struggle with each other all the time. Oh, my God. This is the dumbest thing. Last thing one. Thing two. Is anyone else afraid of Mary Jo's house? Oh, because of all the stuff that keeps short-circuiting? Like everything they touch. She's like, oh, it does it all the time. Why is everything short-circuiting? Okay, well, what I want to know is why are you switching places with me to cover all the things that aren't realistic about it in I just, a sitcom? It's just to – don't you think it's just to – they were trying to find some things to freak Suzanne out, and then they needed, like, the most low-hanging fruit reason for No, I get that. Yeah. But I just – it happened multiple times. Like, yeah. do that one time. The right. next time, make, like, a leak in the ceiling and right. have some water drop on her. Yeah. The next time, have a kid do something, like, scream in their sleepers. Like, there were just so many other things they could have done. The TV could come on by itself. So yeah. many other things. Yeah. The house was just short-circuiting a heck of a lot. Yeah. And that's a fire hazard. Uh, <laughs> and then so she and – I'll get past that to say then she, Mary Jo, and Suzanne share a dance. The, yeah. They throw on some music. Um it's, it's so I had to look up what that was. That song? Yeah. Okay. Did did you? No, I didn't look up the song. Uh, I looked up Annette uh, Funicello. Yeah. I know her name. I know of her, but I had to look her up to refresh my memory. Oh, okay. That's definitely in my references. So mm-hmm. like, but, but it's like, I also just want to step back and say that this part where Mary Jo throws on some music and they proceed, Mary Jo and Suzanne proceed to dance. Um, that does feel like a slumber party to me. So mm. they've had a scary movie. Now they're having to dance. Now, see, me and my friends still dance to this day. Mm. Not slow dance, though. Right. That that we never took part in. That I remember. Like, it was probably because my friends were dating at, like, 11. So <laughs> I, I don't... They're past that. Um, but I feel like um, there was always dancing. Like, our friends always like danced when we got together. So um so that felt that somewhat rang true to me. Um contextually, I think we also haven't mentioned that the girls are sleeping in the basement. The girls there for the actual kids slumber party right. and they've been super good this whole time. And do you believe that? I do. Oh. Well, I mean the, the women upstairs weren't bothered. So, and they were asleep b- at, before midnight. Well, but we don't know that there's not a door to the outside down there. She did go down Good and do God, a head Selena. She did go down and do a head count. So here's They're a, like eleven. Here they're four they're fourteen. They're like fourteen. They, what can they be doing? So much. Mm. So well, you better go ahead and prepare yourself. Fourteen year olds can do a lot. So um I found it a little hard to believe. I feel like Claudia was the decoy. I feel like if you've got fourteen girls, you at least have three girls that are trying to sneak out to see somebody. Oh my god. I am the most naive thirty six year old you've ever met. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, cool, they're just going to bed. How nice of them. Oh yeah. Fourteen year olds, they have no energy and before midnight they're always asleep. 
I was very much like Julia, though. I was born old, so I really would have been asleep by midnight, mm-hmm. even at a slumber party, which we'll get into in Extra Sugar. I was born old, too, but like skeptical. Mm. <laughs> so then they suggest a um, Mary Jo suggests another slumber party favorite, criticizing your best friends. The, yeah. So but OK, but have you done that before? No. Also, that sounds very dangerous. It, it is very dangerous. I think so. This just will give the, the time marker. It's 11.06 now. <laughs> I just want to say, too, that that was definitely more than two minutes. That whole scene with the dance. Definitely. With Suzanne and Mary Jo dancing um, and, and not enjoying it, by the way. Anyways, at 11.06, after they've done the dancing, Mary Jo suggests they make eggs and have this. They're calling it a bowl session. I had to look that up. It sounds like that's almost more of like a work term to kind of like... Like get like stuff out into the oh open. yeah it's it sounded more like that I didn't find anything that was like a slumber party activity oh or, okay like, something that young people do you um, know I should have looked into it and I didn't um not that I would have found anything you didn't but I it took me a minute she had to put it into context for me to even know what she was talking about them doing oh yeah well so in the, but the, so there's ground rules to this bowl session where essentially they go around and everybody says what they don't like about each other. It, it's kind of like you're ganging up on one person one by one. I feel like, are you about to do this to me? Are we about no. to play this game? Okay. <laughs> no. I just feel like you're being really specific with the ground rules and you're looking at me very peculiarly. Well, so the, well, I think it's important to set up the ground rules, which is they're not supposed to just say negative things. It's really supposed to be constructive criticism. Okay. I just feel like this is like spells disaster zone. I, I agree with I think I've told you. We'll talk. I, I've done this before. So. Yes, yeah. Sounds terrible. I know. But we were, we were also 12. I'm very self-critical. I don't need my friends criticizing me, too. I don't. Yeah. I think the fact that our friendship survived that was, like, very telling. Because <laughs> I don't know. So especially at this age, that seems tough. Um, so, uh, but, you know, Suzanne doesn't want to do it. I just think we get a funny line here. Um, she says, uh, she's the condemned one. She doesn't want to be doing this. She should be living her last moments to the fullest, not sitting around in this old thing staring at these three. <laughs> so first of all we've already said that she's in the fanciest nightgown yes ever she really is um it looks like a wedding dress it, it does look like a wedding dress and um and charlene looks over and she said let's start with suzanne <laughs> i didn't think that was funny um and then we start to have that bull session and it's uh i think it's charlene up first right yes, yes. they cut in with them criticizing Charlene for flirting too much? Yeah, they're all... So they're all at the kitchen table, but Julia's asleep on it. <laughs> I just... She looks like me after the end of a work week. I was going to say, sometimes I don't get Julia at all, and then other times I'm like, I see you. You see me. We're there together. It was... She probably had the best seat in the house. Um, yeah, they tell her she's a little man crazy. Charlene. Not so Charlene. odd. Yeah. So strange. Yeah, and so they go on for a little bit about that. Then we get... Well, I mean, I this feels more in your wheelhouse, I think. Quentin comes down the stairs. And that is not in my wheelhouse because what the heck was happening there? Like, it felt like there should have been some context for that. Like, why is he in an alligator suit? Anytime this happens now, I'm going to feel like we're missing something. For, like, they cut something. Yeah. But also, aren't kids just kind of quirky? Like, well, yeah, but and it just was so specifically quirky. Yeah. Like, it would have been enough just to be like, Quentin, get your butt in bed. 
because he definitely would have been awake if he knew there were 14 teenage girls downstairs. He knew his mom was there with her friends. It always makes me think of an episode of a later season of um, Growing Pains when the little, little sister has this thing where she says, every time I go to bed, it's all party, party, party. I imagine like all little kids imagine that when they go to bed. Oh. That there's And so the family actually throws a real party. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. We won't. We're not dissecting <laughs> that show right now. Um, but that's what makes me think of. So I would have imagined he would have come downstairs. The alligator suit was weird. And yes, I wondered if there was something they cut. Maybe they just want to remind you that Quentin is our kid. <laughs> but I did look at the script. Oh. I looked at our website and it did not seem like there was anything missing. Oh. I think he just came down the stairs in an alligator suit. So what you're saying is it was a choice. Correct. Okay. Right too. Okay. So they they then they move on to Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Um Suzanne, did you capture what she said? Mm-mm. Okay. So she says, well, what I don't really like about you, Mary Jo, is you're indecisive, wimpy, and your hair's too frizzy. <laughs> So Mary Jo uh, replies, I don't know about you, but midnight can't come soon enough for me. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much all we get on Mary Jo. Uh, and then it's Suzanne's turn. This feels like it could have gone a lot harsher than it did, really. Oh, man, I don't I don't know. For me, I think because they're ha- because we're about to get a big conversation mm-hmm. that's going to take place that I was very excited about. We'll get there. For me, I think it was more than I was expecting. Oh, because I did. I don't know. I mean, like we we kind of I sort of felt like I've already said that sometimes I really struggle with Suzanne because she's so selfish and mm-hmm. just really disparaging of everyone else around her um, and very condescending. Although I think we could argue that basically everybody but Charlene has a little bit of a condescending nature about them. Mm. Um, but it kind of felt like, like through the characters, I was finally being able to say some of the things that I was feeling. Mm. I don't know. I felt exactly the same way, but some of those things I was like, yeah, good Lord, someone tell her. You know? Oh, okay. Um, and you know, so she, Mary Jo, and I, I think this one I could see is that she tells her how Suzanne has a way about her that makes other women feel terrible about yeah. themselves. I'm like, well, yeah, it's the words that are coming out of her mouth. And Suzanne thinks it's like the way she looks in this life that she leads. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. It, it's more things she can't control versus the things that she can control, which is the thing that really makes women feel bad about themselves around her. Right. And, you know, I think and that's what she talks about next. Right. She says that she's always had trouble with women and her whole life. They've always been jealous of her. And that's when we kind of get that this retort that it's it's not really that we're jealous of you. What we would like is for you to stop being a butthole. Right. Like be OK with us being us. Yeah. It's not about you. Right. And and then I think there's also this is where it kind of falls apart for me, uh, where I would say, like, this isn't how I felt about Suzanne, but it also felt. I mean, when they say it, like, we're attractive, too, Mm. and you better get with it. (laughs) Because, like, if a man was to come into the office, they would just as likely to choose us or something like that. And it feels, when it comes to Suzanne, it for for me, we're in a spectator sport, (laughs) it feels less about that to Mm. me, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, that part didn't ring true for me as much, but I thought that... um, I, th- I thought that that was very telling of what the women have been feeling this whole mm-hmm. time. Um, and then well, now we have to see Mary Jo's other kid. Right. So Claudia comes Claudia, up. who has not been sneaking out, returns to tell her mom to keep it down because all 14 of the girls are sleeping. That's right. Claudia comes upstairs as the decoy. 
Because the kids are downstairs doing drugs. Believe the best of them. <laughs> the kids are down there trying all the things for the first time. And they, they need to. Th- there you go. It's classic. <laughs> um, are those making a, re- a comeback? Um, so, or did you just want to say whip? I just want to say whip. Okay. That's a better ring than mess. But we do get another pop-up. And it, obviously for the show, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not, just based on my experience as a 14-year-old. But we, um, I think the f- the funny thing that we get, right, is the idea that the kids are like, hey, can y'all grow up a little right. bit? And I think that is sort of a reminder just for this whole part. You guys are kind of reverting in age again a little bit, don't right. you think? Yeah. So, and you're not necessarily being very, um, this whole thing is supposed to be productive. And so far it hasn't. Been. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but then Suzanne apologized for, for calling Mary Jo wimpy because hmm. she has been a total barracuda when it comes to criticizing <laughs> her. And I think, and so this part, I think is where we really get into the, where I was like, because <gasps> I couldn't believe it was happening. Because after 10 episodes, after the pilot, so it took nine episodes for Mary Jo to say something to Suzanne about the fact that she was pissed off that she dated Ted. Now, we're not going to admit they were engaged. (laughs) Right. That never happened. But now we finally at least admitted that they dated. And that comes to... It's nine episodes and seven rumbles. The, she needed the she needed the rum balls, and that's what she says. Um, she's had seven bourbon balls, and that's made her bourbon a, balls that's assertive, right. self confident, and otherwise it would not it would be next to impossible for her to tell Suzanne how much she deeply resents her going out with her ex husband. She really told her off, didn't she? She did, and I just want to say in my notes, I have oh my god, oh my god, it is finally happening. Ten episodes in, and we're finally acknowledging Ted again. <laughs> Also, I was, uh, so I was like, what cocktail is a bourbon ball? Because I was like, seven. She, yeah, she's Oh, aren't they like, up. I imagine they were rum balls. They are absolutely rum balls. Oh, okay. Like, like the um, candy. Yeah. Um, and so I looked it up because I was like, this is ridiculous. So I'm like, how lightweight is Mary Jo? Um, there's about a fourth of a cup in 24 of these. So she's had seven. Okay. So I, I think she's probably fine. Maybe. Maybe she's just feeling assertive because of the bull session. A few, yeah. A few episodes ago, though, they acknowledged that her life is a little bit understated. I was right. going to say boring, but it, it sounds great to me. It's right. a little bit understated. So right. maybe she, it's been a while since she's had, no, she had a Mai Tai the last episode. That's right. So she's, she should be fully functional off Mary seven Jo's gotta, rum balls. Yeah. She's lightweight. Leave her alone. Uh, she's also very petite. That's true. She is really, really, really small. If anybody out there has gotten tipsy off a rum ball, I would like to hear about it, though. <laughs> I feel like I just need to know. Seven. Seven of them. Seven. It's not just one. Seven. Um, so, uh, so Suzanne, they kind of go in this thing like it didn't really bother. I, we, she thought it didn't bother her and all of this. But Mary Jo says um, she thinks she'd do it again if she had another ex-husband. Mm. And then Suzanne says something else crappy to yeah. her. So, I mean, all that to say um, we when we were kind of sort of wrapping on this bull session, Suzanne really hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. And we're two minutes now. Mm. 11.58. So it's like the New Year's Eve countdown. <laughs> right. Till Suzanne bats the bullet. Oh, man. Um, it, but then t- what did we find out? Tell us a little bit about Suzanne's revelation here. 
Suzanne's jealous of the other women. She's never had a female friendship like Charlene and Mary Jo have. Mm -hmm. And she's upset because because she hasn't. And watching them be best friends is hard on her. Mm -hmm. I get that. She feels Mm -hmm. a little bit like an outsider. Mm -hmm. And I think she's genuinely not self-aware. We know this. She's not self-aware enough to know why. Like why no one wants to be friends with her. And so it's hard when you don't understand why everybody hates you a little bit. It's hard to see other people have friends like that. And you're sort of like, well, what about me? So I feel a little bad for her. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like this gets a, a, something, too, that's like um, a little women on women hate, mm-hmm. you know, which is always really bothersome to me because I think it's re- it's so important to empower each other and to care about each other and lift each other up. And I'm always just a little disappointed when I see people, you know, just d- doing the opposite of that. <laughs> Yes, I hear that. Though I, do, I mean, Suzanne's just crappy sometimes. She's just really crappy, and yeah. like I could see why the other women. I don't want to say gang up on her because I don't think they really gang up on her. I think they just like don't take her crap sometimes, and so they're not out to make her feel better about herself because she feels plenty good about herself. Yeah, Suzanne's a little bit of a character, right? Mm. I mean, I think we've talked about that a little bit. I don't. I, I've never met anyone. It's not like I haven't known really attractive people and Mm. I've never met anyone that acts like that. Yeah. So now maybe, you know, they know Mm -hmm. how attractive they are. Right. But it's, this is like a whole new level. I think Suzanne's also really layered though, because it's not just her attractiveness. Mm -hmm. I think there's a class piece of it to Mm -hmm. it. She grew up Mm -hmm. with servants um, she grew up the youngest child who mm-hmm. I think when we had the episode that included the the mom um, sort of told us that she was um, always sort of put on a pedestal and always told. Exactly. She's very, very special. Mm-hmm. So I think there's multiple layers to it. It's the attractiveness is part of it, but the obscene self-confidence and the sense that she's better than most anyone in the world is another piece of it. Yeah. It's complicated characters is what we're trying to tell you. Humans. Yep. We're all a little complicated. Like onions. Like onions. And now we're one minute until Suzanne's demise. (laughs) So is this when um, Julia comes to? Yeah, Julia wakes up now, finally. Uh, (laughs) Julia's with us. She she is alive. Um, Her cold medicine has um, worn off. You know what's funny to me here is that she... (laughs) She wakes up and she just starts eating a bunch of food. Right. And seasoning it. What is she eating that was just sitting on the table? I mean, so... Oh, there were eggs. Oh, that's right. Because Mary Jo made eggs. And um, she must be a huge salt person. We had the salt on the sandwich. See, I thought it was pepper this time. Oh, was it? I don't know. I thought it was. Who knows? Because I've paid attention because you pointed out the salt last time. It looked a little blackish brown to me. Well, whatever. She does not enjoy either the way she makes sandwiches and needs to season them. On the outside of the bread. Um, and she also needs to season Mary Jo's eggs. She was not satisfied. Mm-hmm. But actually what made me laugh about that is because if I fall asleep on the couch and I get up, I definitely have to eat to get up the stairs. <laughs> you need a snack? Yeah, I need a snack to motivate me to get all the way to the bed. Gosh. So I'm just saying, I see Julia there. That's where we connect. I was like, me too. I would need that to get over to the couch to go back to bed again. <laughs> So is this where we get another short circuit? Oh, we do. And this time it's worse. 
It's like she's saying it's the lamp, but everyone everything goes out. goes out. Yeah. yeah. And Suzanne is like jumping up. She's, she's panicked. She's flailing around. If you were a minute from death and the power went out, I think you would be too. Well, and this is too bad too, because all this is happening on the tail end of they're having a, a moment. Yeah, they were hugging and they that. had the special mu- music. Yeah, we have it. Cue the special music so you know it's an emotional moment. (laughs) Um, And so, like, they're, you know, she's just never had best friends like these before. Then all this happens. Charlene has to restrain her. Yeah. Just, like, pull her down into the chair. But it's a short circuit again. It happens all the time. And now we are after midnight and... She's still alive. She is still alive. She didn't die. Mm -mm. God, why won't she die? (laughs) Wait, what? Sorry, nothing. I thought you loved her. (laughs) The bull session turned me. This is why those are a bad idea. Oh, you're on their side now, I see. No, everybody's best friends, right? And they're all going to skip off into the night. Or what really happens is... uh, Suzanne becomes a jerk again. She's relieved. And she just slowly walks it back. Yeah. I think, just watch the episode, guys. But she slowly walks it back. And not so slowly. I think in about a minute's time, she's taken away the best friendness. She's regained her power as the most beautiful one. Yeah, she was going to work as a nurse in a hospital and help out sick children. Ah, she'll just take a middle-income family out for dinner. I'll take it. At a nice restaurant. <laughs> yeah, sounds Not good. anywhere. At a nice restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she's... And this is, again, this thing, like, where <laughs> we have no character growth. Yeah. Just the tease of it and then well, get out of here. Well, maybe we do. Maybe future episodes will show a little bit as they, I think, I think she's an onion and I think it's going to be a slow peel. Well, she might be learning, right? Yeah. I think maybe some things had to sink in. And I do think that, um, I think that was a really, vul- in all seriousness, but not that serious because it's a sitcom. Right. Um, I think that was a really vulnerable moment yeah. for her to ever admit. That yes. she was jealous of anyone. And I think she did it to save face in front of Julia because Julia wasn't awake for that. Oh. And I think that, again, her and Julia, man, they have a really interesting relationship. I think Julia would take a bullet for her sister. I think Suzanne would do a, a lot for Julia. <laughs> That's called being sisters. Um, y- yeah. There's a little bit of headbutting. Right. Julia actually does something amazing for her here. Uh, tell us about it. The reason she didn't die. It's because if if one were to believe the caricature of voodoo here, um, Julia went to a folk museum or a cultural museum and got like almost a reverse voodoo doll and made it such that it reversed Consuela's thing. She did. And I guess Suzanne stumbles upon that in her purse going to There's some mints or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, We had to get her to the purse, guys. You can't see the eye roll. But yeah, there was a mint situation because she just ate. Julia just ate eggs and woke up from sleeping with her mouth open. So now she needs a mint. Suzanne also wants one because she just hugged the other girls. I don't know. Um, But she finds this kind of reverse voodoo doll and says, like, that's just about the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought, you know, she... She really loves Suzanne. She's a big old softy. Because at the beginning, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but like, I don't think we did. But Julia is dead set on the fact that like, you guys are crazy. This stuff is not real. We all shut up about it. And, you know, because like Julia, she's a woman of action. Mm -hmm. She's not, she's a woman of words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lots of words. Right. But also action. So she just went out and did what she thought needs to be done. Um. The next thing is that there is a funny bit again about that couch. 
So just to your point, they just pull out the darn couch bed. They, they could, could both sleep, sleep together. There. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, let's just say Julia wins. Yeah. Or definitely. Yeah. She gets the couch. Well, because so Suzanne needs the, the floor for her back anyway. <laughs> right. You know. Well, I bet you it hurts carrying those things around. <laughs> there was a Mary Jo breast comment, by the way. For yes, folks yes, yes, yes. That who, was in folks my notes. who could possibly have the bingo card if someone sitting here and also talking would get said bingo card together. <laughs> I am working on it. So um, everybody wants to go to bed, mm-hmm. but Mary Jo isn't ready. She wants to party she, all night. Party, she, party, party. She's had seven bourbon balls. Um, she can't go to sleep. I want a bourbon ball. <laughs> So then she says this, um, you know, I hate to ask, but do you think maybe it just for old time's sake, someone could put a little ice down with PJs? <laughs> and this is where I think we actually are seeing that growth because this, like these kind of situations, they, they make you revert a little bit in age. Mm-hmm. They all run and they kind of jump on her, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought that was really cute. It was cute. I thought that was a sweet ending. It was cute. So Nikki, are you ready to... <laughs> Rate this sucker? I'm ready. All right. Uh, do you want to know my scale? Uh, oh, you've no. got a scale. I have a scale. Oh, tell us the scale. I have a scale. Now I have to choose. I had three of them. <laughs> three scales. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go, <laughs> because you mentioned it, I'm going to go with hair pieces detained at customs. <laughs> but what were the other two? Um, toddler water fountains. Okay. Or prom bidets. Oh, these are all really good. <laughs> You, you can steal any one of them, uh, except, well, I mean, you can use this one. I'm going with four hair pieces detained at customs. I really liked this episode. Okay. Aside from the voodoo stereotypes, which you busted up for us at the beginning of the episode, which I'm very grateful for, because there was a lot in there that I didn't know. Aside from that, it was a super lighthearted episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Slumber Party is just like the quintessential, for a lot of people, quintessential sort of childhood, teenage weekend event and Mm -hmm. so it was just really fun to watch these women kind of revisit their childhood in that way um i also enjoyed the moment with suzanne and most of the other women and i do think i am hopeful i'm clinging to the fact that this may be a step towards some character growth for her Mm -hmm. she she walked it back but i think to your point it was to save face in front of her sister i think she really does care about these women um and i think they really care about her so uh, for all those reasons i think it warrants a four Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna, I want to tell you my rating scale because let's just get all the rating scales out on the table. Let's do it because people at home need to have options. Yeah, so mine was um, ice cubes down Mary Jo's pants. Um, So, and, but I really like the toddler bidets, so I'm going to go with that. So I'm going to say that I gave it five out of five toddler bidets. This is my first They were toddler water fountains. Toddler water fountains. Uh, I love that. I got it wrong. You gave it five? I gave it five. Holy crap, holy. It's my first five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I love slumber parties. And um, I finally feel like we're getting out of this what I wish we had gotten out of the Thanksgiving um, and and out of, out of the Thanksgiving dinner and also the dinner party, mm. which is substantial time together and substantial conversation. Okay. Um, I also, you know, we finally, finally <laughs> talk about Ted, which makes me feel like the show is somewhat grounded in reality. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there was, um, a truth to it for me. Like, 
you know, kind of like a feel of nostalgia. You can almost see it, feel it, and like even remember what it was like to be a tween um, and a teen. But you can't ever fully have it again. Yeah. And there was something about that there for me. And it's a bittersweet feeling, but it's there's also something kind of beautiful about it. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. I'm so sorry. I've been feeling super nostalgic lately. Slumber parties we'll get into are not my favorite, but I've been feeling nostalgic about other things in childhood. Yeah. I pulled out my CD collection recently and going oh. through those and remembering loading up your CD changer mm-hmm. and just listening to an entire album song by song. I've been feeling that a lot lately. You're, you're putting me there. There's something about being, man, in your mid-30s. Like, you're finally getting to that point where you've lived a little bit of life, you know? You've seen some things. You've done some things. You're getting to do some substantial things. And and, and I feel like your reflections are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, I don't know. So I think that brought out a lot of stuff for me. Um, the other thing is, is... Uh, you know, even though you can't have all those things again, you can have deep, meaningful relationships with women, no matter what the world tells us. Mm, that's true. So, um, and I just want to say, I'm like, this is not my notes. <laughs> Thank you. Gonna you going to cry? No, because I rarely do. Can I, I pinch you and make you cry? I like to save that for like the ride home from work. <laughs> like any grown adult. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't drive home from work anymore. So, so I don't I don't get to cry there. <laughs> Lena hasn't cried in a year. <laughs> right. Oh, no. 2020 was last year. I've cried. <laughs> um, so, but no, just to say that, like, I want to appreciate this moment that mm. we're sitting here. We've done this thing. You know, it's important. We've got 10 years of friendship under our belt now. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job supporting each other. We have. In careers, family. Um, this crazy thing that we're doing on the side now that doesn't feel so much like a side (laughs) thing. (laughs) Who needs sleep? That's, that's for, that's for losers. (laughs) Who needs that when you can be up thinking about Instagram ideas? I'm glad, I'm glad you made me laugh because I might cry. Um, thank you so much. It's going to keep it light. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to say a couple of complaints. Go for it. Because even fives, I got complaints. Go for it. Uh, I hate that Julia was asleep the whole time. Felt, I'm okay with it. it felt, <laughs> she had a cold, man. We're grumpy when we have colds. But was it, I wonder if it was like something going on. Like, it's weird that they chose to put like from the, in the, like the writer's room, which was one writer and for this one, like why we chose to put her asleep. Like. Oh, wow. You took it way deeper. Cause I just thought it was carrying out what she said at the beginning, which was like, she wanted to amputate her nose and she was going to spend the night draining her sinuses. So it, it would have been, it would have rang untrue to me if she had been partying with everybody else. And I agree with that, but it feels like they sat that up, set that up to do that because they didn't want her there. And maybe it is because yes. LBT said that's the only way that Suzanne will be truthful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next theory. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> We didn't talk about this, but my other complaint, too, was like, so when Mary Jo and Suzanne are dancing, <laughs> Julia seems to insinuate that it's about to get like, like girl on girl. Yeah. And I just thought that was stupid. I was going to mention that earlier. And <sighs> what was there to say about it? But now here I am doing it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like you do, Selena. I just try to limit my number of eye roll sort of moments. 
to maybe one or two an episode. But to be fair, the lady was 45 in 86. Mm. So I think, you know, I mean, right. that probably truly was her perspective. Two women are dancing. Yeah. Which I is twofold for me because who cares is mm. the first thing. Right. And so what? <laughs> Is the second might be like C number one and then number two again. So like it wouldn't matter if they uh, were about to have a thing. And part two is um, women can have those kinds of intimate relationships and do more intimate things. And it may not mean anything except for they have a really close friendship. Um, it's okay to touch. I think was- I'm not touchy. I should say. Right. No, I, I I'm fully, like, don't touch me. So everybody at home knows I fully expected a hug when I showed up today and I got no hug. Um, I think it's par for the course with Julia's character, though. She's super buttoned up. She's yeah. super conservative liberal. So um, it didn't surprise me. It just was sort of like, oh, my God, here we go. We're going to have like that homophobic thing happening. Um, right. So fortunately, she passed out after that. So I moved on. Yeah. And I didn't have to deal with her again. That's right. And then I think the other thing is, too, is like we, we're still getting that trope about Consuela. But I think if we have to do that and that's the way we're going to handle it, at least we weren't talking about her. We sort of shifted all the energy to the curse. And I thought that was better mm, mm-hmm. than like completely focusing all of that weird energy in on a character that we never see. Okay. Um, and so that was it for me. You want to talk about 80s things? Yes. And I organized mine this time um, so that it wouldn't stress you out so much. Oh, no, no, no stress. 80s. I got long distance phone calls. Charlene took her earring off for another phone call. Oh, funny. Annette Funicello, which is like the heyday of Annette Funicello was way before the 80s. But I feel like it's a reference. Middle aged women in their 80s would have gotten. And minister and sign off sermonette that she said, right, as all the women were saying they wanted to go to bed. She was like, the minister hasn't even done his sign-off sermonette. I didn't look that up, but it felt like it had something to do with, you remember how the TV used to shut off at like midnight or one or whatever, and they'd do the... I mean, I don't remember that. Do you remember that? I remember that it's a thing. Okay, okay. What do you have, Selena? I'm trying to... What do you I'm trying to keep you youthful. (laughs) Do you remember when Walter Cronkite... No, I don't remember when Walter Cronkite... Um, So... uh, so, well, I I think we had uh, some of the same things. Um, the Ayatollah Kamani. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I put that in the unknown. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. So, but, well, these are one of those things, I'm, again, where we're having the crossover. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it gets tough. Um, great list, by the way. It's a great list. Um, Southern things. Southern things. I had Charlene calling Mary Jo Claudia's mama. Oh. Did you call your mom mama? Mama? <laughs> I'm testing. I'm trying to test. Uh, no, not really. I was not really a mama person. We called Maybe my mom. When I was a baby or something. We called my mom mama for a long time. She wasn't, if memory serves, my mom did not care for mommy, which I love. Um, she didn't care for that. So we called her mama. Anyway, that was something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, voodoo, which you touched on. And that's it. Mine says, are we in the South? <laughs> <laughs> my only hints are these exaggerated accents lately. Yes. Okay. So, um, sorry about that. I, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the South again. Um, and then I references to look up Ayatollah Khomeini, mm-hmm. Eddie Cantor, mm-hmm. Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. the president of Haiti, Baby Doc, and his wife Michelle. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, hair pieces, because I wasn't sure if she meant full on wigs or just like falls to add she, volume. Well, I guess we don't really know. Or did she mean barrettes? Yeah. So, anyway, 
just unknown, not so much something yeah. I could have looked up. Feels like it's probably pieces, especially since she's from the pageant world, though, yeah. right? Um, so do you want to say anything about Howard Hughes, or you just went on a, <laughs> on a Howard Hughes bender? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean... I don't, I'm kind of thinking, I don't want to go too long on it. it. He was a very quirky billionaire and did some very quirky things, particularly at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like he had a little bit of um, a uh, germaphobic personality and that drove a lot of very compulsive behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, the, probably the, the thing that I just, that's sticking out in my memory from researching him is that in the last couple of years of his life, he let his own personal hygiene go, but he insisted that everyone else around him be pristine. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlene referenced this Kleenex boxes on his feet. That was because he thought it kept his feet clean. So he would wear them to protect his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he died allegedly in an airplane on the way to a hospital, I think. And his body was never formally seen by, I guess, the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is uh, the other part of Charlene's joke there. I want to say, Aunt Teresa, if you would get on social media, you could tell Nikki all the things that she got right or wrong on this, because I know I'm going to be getting a text about it. Oh, so I'm calling you out. <laughs> Let me and, know, Aunt Teresa. And love you. Um, so, okay. Well, yeah, he was definitely an interesting character. I think, I mean, if I say character, he's like a real guy. But, um, yeah, the the aviator is the Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. movie. He also dated oh, that's very right. famous women. I mean, he was also very, uh, like, he was very talented and mm. he did a lot of big things. That's how he got his billions. He was of like dollars. a movie producer. That was part of it, but he also was, did stuff with planes. Yeah. There was like a hardware company that his dad left him or something. Yeah. And I, but the, he like helps get the first transatlantic flight to get, I'm, mm. whoa, God. I have a bunch of aviation like nerds in my family and I'm about to really get in trouble for this one I he think- did some big things with planes i moved straight to the end of his life because i wanted to understand the kleenex boxes. the kleenex boxes yeah that's understandable <laughs> so i like we don't have to i do feel like we, if we're going to say these things we might want to say who these people are i didn't know who eddie Cantor was he died in 1964 yeah so that was a date of reference in 86 yeah um but he was I, this is the coolest part i thought because he was all the things because he was a vaudevillian actor yep. so um he did like it was not a triple threat what's a triple threat times nine because that's what he was the most <laughs> that hurt didn't it the, <laughs> i was gonna say a non-tool nine non-tool something oh look at you um i thought the most interesting thing was that he wrote the mary melodies looney tunes theme music oh and he also helped develop march of dimes i did see that so I think that's so cool. So that is cool. We should mention that it's um, cool. It's a weird word for that, maybe, but whatever. Um, so Baby Doc was the Haitian politician who was referred to the president of Haiti from 71 until he they were overthrown in February of 86. Um, Baby Doc was his nickname. You do French. I know that's Jean-Claude, but what's the last? Duvalier. There you go. That's mo- so much prettier than me going, you know, Duvalier. <laughs> um, and then we talked about Annette Funicello. Uh, a little bit, but she was a Mouseketeer. Mm-hmm. 
one of the most popular ones. Um, and like maybe one of the very first ones, yes. right? Um, and then she uh, popularized the beach party genre um, with uh, alongside Frankie Avalon. And they did like four or five movies. Mm-hmm. I think in four of the five, she may have pay- played the same character. Um, and there's a lot about the bathing suit that she wore. She was not intended to show her navel. And yet she did in most of them. Oh. It's just interesting. It is interesting. Well, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. I was like, isn't that when the bikini first came out? It was a different time. And, you know, one of the things that Disney stars talk about now is the kind of the curse of being a Disney star as you grow up. And she was a Disney star. And so she had to fight that stereotype as she was becoming a woman and growing up. Oh. So it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Not easy to be a child actor. It's not. Oh, uh, also maybe worth mentioning that Annette Funicello was diagnosed with MS. Yeah. Um, and it was the year after this reference was made, so in 87, but she did not share that with anyone mm-hmm. publicly until sometime in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I think she passed in 2013. Mm-hmm. So there's all the things. All the things. And, uh, and I just realized that ended on the saddest note ever. So really sorry for that. Um, we'll try and keep it lighter from here on out at the end when Nikki tells us what we're going to talk about next so next time we get episode 11 new year's days all right we're moving toward the new year so at least that one is somewhat tied to a point in time so this one aired in december but there was no reference to christmas so at least it sounds like maybe the next one aired in january we're gonna get a new year's reference mm-hmm. um as usual everyone can follow along and engage with us on social media selena is spending a lot of time a disproportionate <laughs> amount of time um on instagram and facebook at sweet tea and tv we want you to follow along we want you to share your southern pictures it's summertime in the south which i feel like is the perfect time for some instagram stuff i was gonna say porn but that didn't feel right uh some instagram stuff wow. <laughs> Please don't share your porn. <laughs> I was thinking like visual. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we need some things. We'd love to see what you guys are up to in the South. But not any of your body parts. Right. No, we don't <laughs> and, need those things. Unless they're fully clothed. <laughs> and really, it doesn't have to be like, I know that a friend of mine shared a sunset at her favorite lake spot in Sinclair here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we added that to our Instagram. As long as you're open to it, you know, we'll share it in our stories. Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you probably get a note from us asking because, you know, we don't want to be rude. We want full consent here. Yeah. But it's easy enough. You just slap that sweet tea TV on there and away we go. <laughs> Aunt Teresa, if you have corrections to my Howard Hughes notes, uh, you can email me at sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And as always, we have a website, www.sweetteatv.com, where you can go and read show notes from every episode, including references and things that we have cited in the article. And in the episode, and Selena's giving me a look. Oh, only that uh, she doesn't know what she did <laughs> telling you to email her. <laughs> oh, God, I'm scared. Also... It's probably time to pop some popcorn. Popcorn. Get yourself your favorite slumber party snack and join us shortly for extra sugar. And we will see you around the bend. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. This week we're going to cover something that is, well, the namesake of the show and one of my favorite things in past times and present times and for all time, 
slumber parties. So we're going to talk about it, Nikki. Okay. So one thing that we did, for those of you who can't see anything, which is everyone except for me and Nikki, is that we sort of assembled um, a powerhouse of snacks. (laughs) And by we, that mostly means Selena got us candy, popcorn, chips. I just brought ice cream. Homemade ice cream. So (laughs) Peanut butter cup. Every Mm. time it comes down to it, what you'll know is if Nikki did something, she's going to have made it from scratch. If I did it, I will have lovingly prepared my wallet down to the store to buy it and then carry it home. (laughs) So (laughs) it's sort of making something. There's beauty in both. Yes, I make my way to the store (laughs) and I overthink everything. I probably spend as much time picking things out of the grocery store as one does making homemade ice cream, I'm guessing. I I really do. I think that you probably do. It probably did not take me that much longer than it did for you to pick. Well, I will go ahead and tell you, too, that um, I am also accused by my friends of being very slow. They were making fun of me the other week for how slowly I unload a dishwasher. Oh, dang. They'd never seen someone do that activity so slowly before. And so they were giving me a really hard time about it. It's not slow. It's cautious. Well, I like to make sure everything's really dry. Was it someone else's dishwasher or yours? Oh, they've seen me do both. Okay. Well, someone else's dishwasher, I'm intentionally slow because I don't want to break things. Ah, yes. My house, I slam crap around. I Um, like to see how much it can take. I got um, the kids. I got to know. That Well, that's true. You want to make sure that it's durable. And yet we digress. Slumber parties. Slumber parties, right. That's right. Um, so one thing that I wanted to kick us off with, besides five minutes of me talking about nothing. Um, Emptying the dishwasher is nothing. <laughs> it's not nothing. It's a very big job that takes at least an hour, right? <laughs> um, is that what I did is, and this is for all of my, um, my closest girlfriends, I'm going to dedicate this segment to you all. Uh, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know, um, I have uh, now what is really a group of 10 best girlfriends. Uh, Nine of them, we've known each other through uh, some of us as early as eight and nine years old. And we're 36 and we're still friends. Well, some of us are not 36 and they would want to punch me for you know, speeding their age up. Um, but all that to say that uh, all these years later, we're still really close friends. And to this day, we still have slumber parties. Aww. We don't call them slumber parties. Really, it's more of like logistics. Mm-hmm. We all live in fairly different places. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to s- drive an hour or two somewhere else to stay, we just want to spend all the time with each other that we can and really right. make it count. Um, so the reason that I say that is for all of those lovely women. The thing that I'm introducing to Nikki to today is one of our age-old staple snacks, must be on a road trip, must be at a slumber party, must be where your mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty. Um, and that would be Cooler Ranch Doritos. Sorry, because you're going to hear the bag. And French onion dip. I don't know about this, because I don't know how you make Cool Ranch Doritos any better. It, it is like, I mean, I do like the spicy Doritos a lot, mm. but the go-to, the the quintessential Dorito, right. the classic, the most wonderful, perfect flavor of all fake things that aren't real is got has got to be Cool Ranch. And this is in not just any French onion dip, not just 
any French onion dip. This is Frito-Lay French onion dip. Oh, my gosh. This you can get from the gas station (laughs) or your local Kroger. So it's accessible. It is accessible. I mean, but it is like the best French onion dip. All right. Let me try. All right. (laughs) I would like to try this. Sitting right here staring at me. She keeps talking about it. We just want you to hear the full crunch. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat all of that. Thank you. So does that feel like something that you, maybe you're not on board with the slumber parties, but maybe you're on board with the I'm on board dip. with the food. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. and that's what I, and that's what part of it was, was uh, I called it a, a slumber party starter package. Because if there is something that rings true for a slumber party, no matter what your age is, it may be more alcohol fueled now but (laughs) it is also lots of good food um and i don't mean good for you but just real crappy crappy food but delicious yes so so i have a deep love for slumber parties i can share i just i've got maybe a handful of memories that i'll share from different ages Mm -hmm. but before i do that what is your relationship to slumber parties it's so funny to hear you kind of wax poetic about slumber parties because I I and I think I said this earlier in the show that I very much resonate with Julia being born old. Um and I think I was talking about this with my niece recently. I've never been super interested in going to someone else's house. Kind of just in general. Um but also like for sleeping over. I just like my bed. I like my you know when I was a kid I liked my stuffed animals. I like I was a mama's girl so I didn't like I like didn't like leaving my mom. I always felt like I was I was invading on someone's space to go to their house. It just was uncomfortable to me. Um, that said, I did have slumber parties growing up. And um, so I've, I've been thinking about it with this episode and trying to remember some of those. And I do have a couple. Um, I don't know if I had like a really bad experience at a slumber party. I don't remember it if I did. But again, like I just associate slumber parties with feeling away from home, feeling uncomfortable, and then also feeling like a... I didn't have a super close group of girlfriends like you did at that like prime slumber party age. So like when I was in elementary school, I I went to three or four different elementary schools. I went to one middle school, but I didn't live near the middle school for most of the time I was there. Um, so it wasn't really until I got to high school and had a really core group of friends. And then college is actually where a lot of my favorite slumber parties were. But of course, you were in college, so you wouldn't call it a slumber party. Mm-hmm. But I do have some memories of them. I just don't. I'm not super nostalgic for a slumber party. Okay. I liked being home. Well, and so we're using the term slumber party because that's what they're using here. But I think we use, I think what we normally say is like a spend the night. Yeah. Um, Also, um, probably should have looked into the, if there's a regional difference with that. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, But okay. Well, that makes sense, especially with the whole idea of having been to that many different schools in such a short period of time. It is sort of hard to find a home base Mm -hmm. of like friends. We were a really close knit family. So I think Mm -hmm. going somewhere else, like we we were just, we moved through all these different states and all these different houses. And the one constant is your family, your brother and sister. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like, and there were three of us. So like slumber party was just like a Saturday night in our house, oh. like staying up and watching SNCC or TGIF or, you know, like my sister and I sh- um, shared a room for quite some time. And then as we got older, we didn't. But she would come in my room and we'd watch like Space Ghost Coast to Coast together and fall asleep in the same bed or something like that. So yeah. slumber parties for me just have a different a different ring to them, I think. 
Oh, well, you were never not having slumber parties. Right. Okay. And then we talked about this before, but I'm an only child, so not exactly the same experience yeah. for me. Um, although my mom is the one who taught me how to put together some epic snacks. So Well, there you go. And we and I do have like we were talking earlier offline about um nostalgia mm. and so definitely i have a nostalgia for blockbuster mm. um and going and picking out more movies than you could ever possibly watch did you watch the documentary recently did we talk I about this did. oh god i cried at the end yeah. i cried knowing that will probably never be a thing again and how sad it is my kids won't know the joy of going to blockbuster after school on friday and like you said picking out movies that like who has time to watch them but you find time yeah I, you do and just the whole experience um it was is really amazing. And that actually is relevant because uh, there was definitely a time period where uh, part of the slumber party experience was, um, you know, like before our friends could drive and we were mm-hmm. like off doing things that we shouldn't be doing, which is how I know that Claudia was leaving the house. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> is, uh, it's a lived experience um, is because um, we would go and rent movies at Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. There was nothing That's else what you to did. do. Then you get older and there's nothing else to do again. But there's no Blockbuster to fill the time. That's right. There's no Blockbuster to fill the time. So I will say, let, let's go ahead and plug it. If you haven't seen the Blockbuster documentary, it's on Netflix, right? Is it? Yeah. I, is that where we watched? I can't remember. It sounds right. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It's really good. It's that about- sounds right because it's kind of jacked up that ne- there's like this whole piece in there about how Netflix. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Netflix tried to buy Blockbuster. It's a little cannibalistic or something that it would be on Netflix. Uh, Yes. That sounds right. Well, but I think what the documentary says is that Blockbuster kind of dropped the ball on it. Yeah. So. Well, whatever. Um, but, uh, what, uh, you guys should definitely check it out if you hadn't, it is, it's, it's really good. It's got that nostalgia factor, but also it's just interesting to hear about this last blockbuster that keeps on trucking it. And is it Alaska? No, uh, it's in Oregon. That's right. Oregon. And I actually, when I was, I Googled something about slumber parties. Now I can't. Oh, oh, I'll get into what I was Googling because it's related to my slumber party memory. Mm. Um, but they, I, I think, hosted a, a slumber party. You had a chance to like buy a ticket to have a slumber party at the last remaining Blockbuster. Like la- it couldn't have been last year. Sometime recently. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, there's too much to say about slumber parties. And right. I don't even really care for them. I'm, well, you know, <laughs> I don't even care about them, but we're going to talk about them for a long time. <laughs> um, so with with that in mind, I'm going to jump into my memories and then I'll toss it over to you. Okay. And then um, and then we'll let you guys go so that you can go have a slumber party. Or... Eat Doritos and French onion dip. Yeah, that's right. Again, Frito-Lay French onion dip. And that's not even me trying to do anything crazy there. That's just me saying that's the good one. Although Trader Joe's does have a caramelized onion one that's good. Too, but it's not as good as this one. Okay, so um, I was going to say one thing that I sort of alluded to in the beginning was that I had had a bull session. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we were in seventh or eighth grade, and we went on my friend Kelly. Her in her backyard there was a trampoline, and we all decided one night well, there wasn't a name for it. We were just like, you know, what we should do. We should like go around and say what we don't like about each other, and Mm-mm. we did that. And we're all, we're, well, we're still friends. So that was seventh grade. There was another one. There was a lot of interesting things. I'm just going to tell you the highlights. So I think this was in seventh grade. We did freeze one girl's bra. <laughs> People Why really do bra that. And not, yeah, well, I don't really. She that sounds was, refreshing to me. She was, <laughs> doesn't it? I wish I was in a frozen bra right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so hot. Um, but that's the difference between 12 and 36. Sure, sure. She was very upset. I'm pretty sure it was her bra. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I want to stop saying the word bra for some reason. <laughs> Switch to brazier. It like, yeah, now it's better. Um, I think it like messed it up. And it was like Victoria's Secret. Oh, and man. she was pretty upset. She was a year younger than us. I'm like. <laughs> So I think we just decided, oh, she's younger. We're supposed to pick on her, right? Oh, it's that's so messed up. Actually, that's why I don't love slumber parties. It's actually shocking that it didn't happen to me because I feel like I'm just a prime candidate for mm. just people messing with me. That's so, poor girl. Um, but uh, she's fine. Um, <laughs> I uh, think that we also split two beers among eight girls. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys like Mary Jo? We like it, it, something like that. We like snuck them out into the neighborhood and then somehow like we tried to blend them into a frozen drink. So we were also dumb. (laughs) I think that my friend Sarah might have a better recollection of this, but I'm what's happened at her house. I'm pretty sure her mom knows many of our things and this is not a bad one. (laughs) So, um, but anyways, just two beers, eight girls, you're just desperate at that age. I don't know. Uh, another one. This one was actually at age 14. We were too old for this. So I don't entirely <laughs> understand. But we decided. I think this is going to make you mad. So hopefully oh, no. you'll still be my friend after this. We decided around 2 o'clock in the morning that, in like September. That we were going to go caroling around their neighborhood. We didn't go up to the doors. But we definitely ran through the neighborhood singing. So I want to say there's a handful of things in my life that I'm not proud of, even though it was fun at the time. Oh, my gosh. I feel like everything bad that's happened to me after the age of 14 somehow relates to that decision that night. You guys can't see my face, but I'm appalled. I can't believe that no one called the cops on us. Oh, my Lord. So that was one. And then the final one, this is a grown-up version. So my friend Sylvia, her parents have a lake house and we haven't stayed there in a long time altogether, but we used to do things occasionally for like big mile markers. One being um, my bachelorette party. Mm. Um, It was actually our bachelorette party together. um, But she and I do a rendition of the devil went down to Georgia and I play the devil (laughs) and she plays Johnny. (laughs) Great. And we dance out on on the balcony or the patio, not patio. It's like it's like a deck area. Mm-hmm. And we dance for a long time. Like because I told you we still have dance parties as mm-hmm. adults, but this is something that occasionally we'll do for people like at a party. And the most recent one was <laughs> right before the pandemic at her 35th birthday party. Is this recorded somewhere? I think it is recorded somewhere. We also did it at my friend Allie's wedding um, in 2016. We've done it a number of times. So, Sylvia, lady, this one's for you. Because <laughs> I am normally, like, it's not even really my personality to do that. But I just love doing it so much with her. It sounds so unlike you. That I don't care. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's an excellent Johnny. She really knows how to air fiddle. <laughs> Perfect. And she's very proud of her skill. I'll see if I can track down a video for you. Yeah, you don't have to share it with everybody, but I would love to see it. Okay. And then uh, tell us some slumber party memories. So the earliest slumber party I remember wasn't truly a slumber party like you're describing it. Um, I remember being in Girl Scouts. And I think there was a Girl Scout, Boy Scout combined slumber party. Mm. 
at a place I think was called Discovery Center. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Discovery Zone? Like Mm -hmm. when you were a kid? Okay. So I looked that up this morning because it's Discovery something. And I found Discovery Zone. It wasn't like that. This was like a children's museum. It had one of those balls that the metal balls you put your hand on and your hair would stand up. uh One of those was there. I have a very vivid memory of that. So this would have been when I was like eight, maybe Mm-hmm. seven maybe i i remember that night and i just remember how cool it was to be inside this place at night when you weren't supposed to be there and yeah. to be there with like your friends and i think it was like i said i think it was girl scout boy scout so that was really cool all these like kids my age being there um we had a slumber party on prom night um okay. where we all kind of went to prom i had a date that i didn't know very well it's kind of a weird story um he showed up late to prom but afterwards we all went to my friend's house and spent the night this was a friend that i knew through school but i'd never really spent time with her outside of school so it was a little awkward because i didn't really know these people very well mm-hmm. but we ended up having a lot of fun we all went to bed really early so like when you talk about you being 14 and sneaking out beers this is why i'm so naive about claudia 12 I And I hope my mom is listening right now and remembering the time she reamed me for being a freshman in college and having a sip of alcohol because it was my first time literally to have a sip of alcohol and I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. I had never had anything before that age. Um, so, so it's just a super like we're super clean cut kids. I don't know, man. Prom was kind of a fun one. I had a friend in high school. The other reason I didn't have a lot of slumber parties like high school years, I had a f- best friend that like lived with us. She had a great family. She There was nothing weird about like she didn't want to be home. She just stayed with us all the time. Literally, she would come over on Thursday night maybe and would stay like we'd get up and go to school together the next day and then she'd come and spend the rest of the weekend. So our slumber parties were like watching Tommy Boy your whole life is a slumber party. That's why I'm like, I don't remember any slumber parties. I'm like, the whole thing is a slumber party. But we did all that too. Yeah. So that was did, the best. Did your mom ever ask her to leave? Um, I think my mom heavily alluded to the fact that it would be nice if, if she would go home. But, but you know, my parents loved her. She yeah. was literally at one point, she was literally like their third daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, So she we were really good friends for a long time. So she stayed with us all the time. You're so nice not giving out any names. And I'm like, <laughs> this person, that person, because I was feeling the same about my friend Taylor. We all used to stay the night with her yeah. all the time and during the weekdays. And, and I do recall in and, and, and I love Sharon is her uh, uh, her mom is the best, but I'm pretty sure she looked at me one time and said, Selena, do you, do you want to, do you miss your house? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't wrong. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I think I, but my, you know, my mom loved her so much that I, I don't think she really had a problem with it. And then the other slumber party. So again, my slumber parties really started in college during rush my junior year, we would have to go back to school early because rush would be before school started, obviously. And if you lived in a certain housing situation, I think the dorms might not have even been open. So you had to find somewhere to stay for those nights. So I stayed inside the house. I never actually lived in the house. I got out of that because I can't live like that. Um, but I did stay in the house um, a couple of nights. And those were the the most fun nights. Like we all crammed into one room. You already have a lot of girls living in one kind of small room in my sorority house. So there were like four girls in this one bedroom that's probably the size of this room we're in right now, which is... This is Selena's closet. Um, it's larger than a normal closet, but it's not like where you would put four people to live. Well, yeah. So we were already in there. Mm-hmm. And then you would add like five more of us and we'd all be like camped out on the floor. That's where my friend taught me. My dear friend, Laura, taught me that um, calories don't show. 
in your like when you eat too many calories, they don't show on your body for at least I think she said a week or two weeks. So it's perfectly acceptable that before we had to put on all of these dresses that we've so carefully picked out for rush, we would be sitting there eating like spoonfuls of chocolate chip cookie dough raw. Yeah. And so that's we did stuff like that. We told stories we I'm sure we shared similar like bowl sessions sort of things. I just none of that really sticks out to me. I just remember it being just this magical time of like school wasn't in session. We hadn't really started our rush stuff that we had to do quite yet. Um, and it was just really fun. It was like no consequences. We didn't have to go anywhere. It was just fun. That was one of my favorites. I think that sounds lovely. And I don't know. I just thought that um, it would be nice like to do something that is just completely off designing women. Yeah. Not that we're not enjoying it and we're loving it, but um, some of these kind of asides and being able to talk a little bit about our life and our experiences. Um, this episode kind of gave us the opportunity to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what good TV does, right? It yeah. taps into something. And I think it's so cool that you rated this one a five out of five because it taps such an emotional chord for you. Yeah. And it brought up all these really fun life memories. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, these you guys, we record things ahead of time because we have other things going on in our life and we need time to... And we have 22 episodes. Yeah, we have a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff. And I, I'm not sitting here looking at the time and I'm like, might do a little, be a little editing. Um, but all to say that like, um, it's June right now, uh, June 8th is Best Friends Day. And I don't know, there's just a lot of things like coming up, like no matter how far you get into your life and no matter how things how many things change one thing that's really cool even though i said you can never go back you know it's like thomas mm-hmm. wolf said you can never go home again but you can also like really fall back into relationships the really cool ones the ones that are really meaningful like you never left each other You know, we don't do slumber parties, like you said earlier, the way we used to. Um, But I've definitely ended up in situations where my friends and I are in a hotel together, or we went to Vegas a couple of years ago. And it feels like I told him after we came home from that trip, like it just feels like being home. Like when you've spent time with these people who have known you through a lot of pieces of your life, it's just like being home. It just feels comfortable. It's like mac and cheese. Mm. It's like Doritos and Frito-Lay French onion dip. (laughs) So Mm -mm. good. Yeah. On that note, thank you for joining me here at my home, our first in person session. We've had all the good snacks. Thank you for the snacks. We're gonna have tummy aches tonight. Thank you for the southern hospitality, Selena. Oh yeah. (laughs) That old thing. (laughs) Selena's very southern with the hospitality. (laughs) Oh, I never even thought of it that way, but there you go. (laughs) So I just like to eat. And so with that, we want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Extra Sugar.